So hello everyone, welcome back to a new Traders Improved podcast. I'm here again with Moritz. Hello, hello. Moritz. How's it going today? Uh, quite good. I already made some money at the market open uh, with a quick scalp. So I'm actually already almost at my daily target. So I'm quite happy. And it's <laughs> almost getting, weekend. Yeah, and it's getting really hot outside now. So. Right. So last week um, you said that you you wake up at 5 a.m. and there were a few people who wanted to know a little bit about how your morning routine looks like. What do you do in the morning? How do you prepare your charts? What do you do before? Okay. Um, well, first I get up and then I have like half a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, well, I get up yeah between 4.30 and 5, usually 4.30. And then the first uh, one hour is usually dedicated to my um, morning routine, which is usually I do my meditation first. Then I do my visualization and my manifestation, which is where I uh, basically prime myself for the day. So I think about what I want to reach in the future, what decisions do I have to make today to get that life in the future, for example. And then I do um, some exercise, 20 minutes. I do some journaling, maybe five to 10 minutes, uh, like just what did I uh, achieve yesterday and uh, what do I want to do today? And that you know, usually takes around one hour, and then it's 5.30, and then I go to my email box. Nice. That's the way to start the day. <laughs> I love emails. And then that takes maybe like 30 minutes, 45 minutes usually. And then I go for a run after that, and roughly one hour. Then I take a shower, and then it's uh, usually eight. And at 8, usually we do our webinars for our um, people in the Trade Society Masterclass. Uh, or if that day there's no webinar, I will immediately start trading. So one of those two. Then I trade until 2 p.m. So you, how do you prepare your charts in the day? Is there like a morning charting routine that you do? Uh, yeah, for my, for my day trading, which is based five minutes and one minute charts, um, I go through all the charts and see how did they do in the Asia session. I mark up my levels and put my alarms where I want to get alerted when price gets there, basically, uh, because my intraday trading strategy is heavily based on support resistance, supply demand levels. And um, yeah, that takes maybe 30 minutes or so. That's pretty much it, yeah. Okay. So you have many different trade you have a few different trading strategies at least that you trade. Yes. Yeah. Because there was a very interesting question. Um, I got it a few times where people asked us for a beginner trading strategy. And I find this idea hmm. quite interesting, at least to talk about. Um, do you think there's a difference between a beginner trading strategy and a more intermediate or advanced approach? Um, I'm not sure, man. I mean, I would say that, for example, reading the DOM or like order flow, stuff like that, super advanced stuff, and technical analysis is less advanced or it requires less attention, maybe. But I wouldn't really say that one strategy is 
more complex. I mean, there are super complex strategies out there, but they don't necessarily work better than a simple strategy. So I don't think there are beginner and expert strategies. But what do you think? Like, Yeah, I don't know. The beginner, I, I thought, what is the, the guy or the person trying to achieve with a beginner strategy? And probably mm -hmm. just to have an easy way to find or a simple way to find trades, probably. Mm. I think that's the... When people start out, when I think back, I, I didn't fully understand the, the whole complexity of a trading strategy. So you probably just find like two or three criteria to find a trade. But I think this is just, yeah, trying to make it too simple. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, the trading strategy is like a complex construct of so many different concepts and things. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. I, I don't think there's something like a beginner trading strategy and an advanced trading strategy. It's just the way you approach the same strategy probably is a little bit different in the beginning and after a while. Probably mm -hmm. what you pay attention to, what you give importance to changes over time when you're a new mm -hmm. trader. You're probably a little bit more or too involved in the entry finding and fine-tuning yeah, your true. indicators. And then at one point you will understand the importance of trade management or market selection or something like that mm -hmm. and also like i think different concepts are easier for different people so maybe one concept makes a lot of sense to you as a person because of i don't know how you think um, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to another person so one strategy might be simple for one person to execute but it might be really hard for another person to execute so Asking right. for a simple strategy is really, or an easy strategy, or a beginner strategy is really not an efficient question in the end, I think. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. But, yeah, so I, I would also probably lean more towards the idea that any strategy should be tradable by any trader. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a way of how you approach the things that will change over time when you're advanced or a new trader, you just notice different things. But yeah, I think when you are starting out as a new trader, there's nothing like a beginning trader strategy uh, where you start here. I don't think like only trading pin bars, for example, on a daily chart. <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily a beginner strategy. It's just a very simple one. Yeah. But I don't think this is enough when it comes to trading. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And there's a very similar question that come out, came up last time. Can you please suggest a strategy for busy dads and moms who can't have much screen timing? Daily charts, for example. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, last time you also, or I think it was in the masterclass, I'm not sure where you said it, that the strategy should be a function or should work well around your, your lifestyle mm, and not the other way yeah. around, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if you are, first you have to, of course, find out what is your available time window. Is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? Uh, during the day and how much time do you have and so on. And then you have to choose your strategy based on that and also your personality, of course. And I think end of day trading works uh, reasonably well for people that have a job or are um, otherwise busy. Um of course, it's a different psychological aspect that um, if you're not trading the one-minute charts where you get your profits in a few minutes and daily charts could take up a month or two months, three months. So that's something you have to uh, keep in mind. 
But yeah, definitely the end of day trading is very, very maybe um, to add another market rather than just Forex because you're not going to have a lot of trade. If you only trade Forex end of day, um, but it's definitely doable, maybe 20, 30% a year with daily chart trading. Um, I did that before, so it's certainly possible, but you're not going to get a lot of trades, maybe five, four, three trades, sometimes zero in a month. Right. Yeah, so I think when you are trying to find a strategy that works for you, probably you need to ask yourself, when do you have time? Um, what is a reasonable time window that you can um, spend or adjust or use for trading, put aside? Mm -hmm. And then you just try to find something that works there. For example, if you can only trade in the evening and you are in Europe looking at um, Forex pairs that move during the US session probably are the way to go and not during Asian session when most or not Asian uh, pairs probably or if you want to be a stock trader, you look at the US markets, for example, instead of trading the, the European markets. I think that's that's the way to go. But yeah, generally what we see also is that many people are interested in trading at the higher time, time frames first mm -hmm. because it just works well for or to structure around a, a whole nine to five working day. Yeah. There yeah, are a few can, people. Yeah. It can work really well if, if you are a nine to fiver and you have your morning routine where you just basically check the charts after you apply your scanner to the US stock market, for example. And then uh, you, you set up your orders and then that's it. That's your daily work. And then on the weekend, you do a lot of journaling preparation, of course. But during the week, you just execute, basically. Right. Yeah. Or you set aside a few hours in the evening and then you actively day trade. But I think this is quite tough mentally after coming back from a, from a full work day. It's really hard. Yeah. I did that when I was working in China. Uh, because in China, when you come home around 7 p.m. That's roughly when uh, New York opens, like 8, 9 p.m. So I did a lot of futures day trading and uh, US dollar pairs day trading, but two or three hours a night. But it was really tough, especially if you had a rough day at work and you didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. Yeah. You're going to make a lot more mistakes and you're going to get frustrated much faster. And yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, or you do it in the morning before work, but then obviously you won't perform as well during your work. If you have a losing day, uh, even worse probably. Yeah. But yeah, in those times, I, th I think yeah, you need to look at your time window available and then try to find, okay, what, what works well. Mm. And then you need to check with your, if this is really something for your mindset, if you can handle it. I know, well, because many traders trading the high time frames is not really working for them because they just have a different skill set. Mm, yeah, yeah, for me the higher time frames is definitely not easy, like psychologically. Um, I simply love the one minute chance, getting it out, that's it. Right. Yeah, that brings me to another very interesting question that we got as well. And by the way, for anyone else who would like to ask us some questions, just leave it in the comments wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, we always are very happy for questions. And this is a, the question um, uh, the question goes something like, um, I like the part where you talked about change and boredom, uh, boredom. And he, the guy's wondering, what do you do during your day? Because once you have set your alerts, once you have done the levels, and once you have, you know what you want to trade, what do you do to 
distract yourself but still be able to execute your trades what do you do because there's nothing else to do than as a as a trader mm, yeah i mean for me the answer is i simply go to the one minute charts and execute a different strategy <laughs> so while, <laughs> while you I wait, wait for the where do you wait for the higher time frames yeah yeah while i wait for my higher time frames trade trades to ex to to fire off the alarms i will simply trade another strategy which is active day trading so i'm not i don't have that big of a problem with that but when i was trading only um, the longer term strategies for a while then of course we have uh, also some other stuff that we are doing rolf and me so that was keeping me busy that's also what you can do like starting a side hustle for example um, you can pick up a new hobby i don't know play guitar um, play video games if you want to be super um, super unproductive <laughs> mm. uh, you can do home exercise I don't know drawing writing there are so many things that you can do to keep your mind create so that you don't uh, get any stupid ideas because when you're waiting for a trade and you're looking at a chart or when you're in a trade and you're looking at as it go up and down every tick that's gonna introduce a lot of mistakes into your trading i think right right yeah you need to keep yourself distracted i think because yeah. Yeah, looking at charts all day long is definitely going to lead to something that you don't want to do <laughs> yeah or i don't know cooking uh, go for a walk there are so many things you can do with the free time i mean that's why people get into trading it's because they want free time now you don't have now you have free time then you are asking what should i do with it <laughs> right so many things to do i mean the opportunities are endless just be inspired and be curious right yeah and i think creating a side hustle with something or maybe even just starting a, a project about your passion or your interests i think that is because having a side hustle or any way to generate a second or third stream of income I think is a it's is it can be very helpful for for trading as well. Once for you sure. have once you have something that brings you fun and that brings in a little bit of money, doesn't have to be a lot, but a few hundred bucks every now and then, uh, that could help your trading as well. You mm -hmm. can fund your account, but more from a um, mental perspective where you know you don't only rely on trading. Um, and I think this is people don't like to talk about this because they always think. All the traders must be billionaires, and they don't need to do anything else. Uh, but I think this is, yeah, I think this is um, very counterproductive, and I think it can make a huge difference if you have a second stream of income or a third one. I think it's a, it's a big game changer. Definitely, and I mean, you could also get into investing, for example, if if you have a problem with starting a side hustle because you just got out of your company and you don't want to get back into the office life or whatever, then start, start learning about investing as soon as you're profitable with trading because eventually you're going to have the, the luxury problem of where the hell do I put my money as soon as you're profitable with trading. So learning about investing, microcredits, stuff like that, also super interesting, real estate, um, anything that generates additional income and is a source of joy for you is just win-win right yeah that's true and i think people should if they don't want to do more of those investing things and whatever 
looking at your passions and or not even passions, but just what you're interested in and trying to not necessarily build a business around that, but just to explore your, your other interests. You never mm -hmm. know where this may lead you. Um, True. There are so many different niches and things where people make a lot of money in today's world uh, with social media or YouTube or whatever. I think this is this is nice. This is the nice thing that trading offers you is potential freedom of time to just explore different things and mm -hmm. just free up a lot of time. I think it's a it's very important to have. I see it when people don't have other interests. Um, yeah, they they easily well their ego is very too attached to their trading persona. I think as well. Sure. Yeah. So I think this is a quite an important thing. Keep yourself distracted and explore new hobbies. That's what I like to do really a lot. Mm -hmm. All the time. <laughs> yeah. um, there's another question. How do you, the question is how do you fight the ego? But I think the better way is how to, <laughs> how to live with the ego. In trade. Because in the last podcast we talked about, or I talked about in a video that you don't, you need to leave your ego at the door. Mm. But how do you, I mean, I don't know. For me, it was just a process. I mean, we started reading these books uh, like Michael Singer, Untethered Soul, and so on. And I realized that I still had so much ego left in me that I was, uh, I don't know, I got into discussions on Twitter with weird people, um, called them wannabe Warren Buffetts and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was just really really weird and I always thought okay that's just me that's my personality but the truth is it was just my ego trying to satisfy some sick need so as we started reading those books I realized that more and more and um, I gradually with meditation and reading more books and rereading them and caring less and less about the and what was happening and I started caring more and more about my inner world somehow if that makes sense and now nothing really angers me anymore I mean I can have huge up days I can have some really crazy down days in the markets um, it doesn't really rattle me anymore when I'm in a trade I don't feel anything anymore it's just process, process. Um, I could totally brag about my good days on Twitter, but I don't do it because I don't feel the need to do it. I know it, it was a process. Like I can't really say this is what I do. It's just re constantly reflecting, meditating, reading those books, being self-aware. And eventually you will get to this point where you're just like, <clears throat> okay, this is me. This is my ego. And... Um, we are not the best friends, but uh, we have to live together. <laughs> and and I'm not just not going to listen to it anymore. That's it. Yeah. It's a process. And it takes yeah. takes years, right? Yeah, I think process. And also, it's uh, as you said, you need to become aware of things. Yeah. And I think one thing that helped me is I became very aware of what I was putting out on social media and just how you try to portray yourself to other people and then you ask yourself okay why am i putting this out and because one thing we talked about this last video when traders put their trades out or their profits on instagram or social media 
they then immediately try to defend it when there's a trade when a trade is not going in their way and then the ego gets messed up so yeah really trying to being aware of what you put out there and what what purpose does it uh, solve um, that's important yeah or when when you have a discussion with your friends about um, your favorite video game your favorite movie let's say it's star wars and then the one guy says no star wars is shit and then you get angry why it's just his opinion and then that's your opinion the, the, the reason why you get angry is your ego because you think you're personally attacked or everyone should have your view or whatever yeah. so when when you realize those situations in um, everyday life it will also be much easier to realize those situations while you're on the charts in my opinion just this awareness training right, right. yeah i think awareness is It's a weird buzzword, but I think it's very important. And the yeah. best, because people ask for books, I think the best one that I've come across is from Michael Singer, probably Untethered Soul is really yeah. good. Then Eckhart Tolle, New Earth, I really like it. There's a nice podcast series that comes with um, Tolle and Oprah, where they talk mm -hmm. about every chapter of the book. Um, that's It's a really good one as well. Yeah, Awareness by Anthony DeMello is ah, yeah, also yeah. quite good. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. And um, my two favorite money mindset books, like Kyle C's Illusion of Money and uh, Happy Money by Ken Honda. Oh, yeah. They are also both connecting this ego thing and with with the money mindset. So it's and also happiness and spirituality and really interesting stuff. So I can recommend those too. It's weird how or not weird. It's interesting how many traders will get into this path at one point yeah. of self improvement and have to yeah yeah it's, it's uh yeah i think one at one point you will realize the need to just work on yourself yeah. you can only read so much about moving averages and yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> all right so um there are uh what do you think about should you learn from your own mistakes or uh, or from other people's mistakes i i, I posted <laughs> this on twitter and there was a interesting debate okay what do you think is more Did you post a poll? Um, no, I asked, do you personally have to make all the mistakes yourself? Mm -hmm. Learn the lesson or is it enough to read and hear about it? Ooh. And the answers are very mixed. That's uh, a difficult one, I think. Because I asked it because in the, the idea was because we also mentor traders. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure there are, I see things in myself that I just need to do to to learn the lesson, I think. But there are other th What I think is it depends a little bit. Obviously, I don't need to touch the stove to understand it's hot. Um, <laughs> but there are those little things that I think are important to screw up yourself. Yeah. I think it also has to do with ego. I'm, right now, I'm mentoring a few people in a private group, uh, some good friends of mine, including my cousin. And my cousin, uh, instead of doing what I tell him, he says he has to do his own thing. And uh, that's obviously, it's going to take him years to get to the point where I am right now if he, has, if he wants to figure out everything by himself. So I think there's some ego part involved, which says, I want to do this by myself, right? And uh, I want to do all the mistakes by myself. And also, if you look at the traders in our mentor program, the people that are definitely the best 
are the ones that don't get too creative. They just, you tell them, this is how it's done. They do it, they make money, right? The people that get creative and start doing some weird stuff or start doing some really weird stuff that <laughs> I wouldn't do in 100 years, they never make money, right? So there's definitely ego involved in not doing what your mentor tells you to do. That's ego 100%. But there are also some other things that you can only learn through experience 100%. For example, looking at a chart, you get into a trade and um, it moves against you and you just don't get out or you move your stop loss. Stuff like that is, even though you heard it before, you don't really know what it means until it really happens to you. I think it's like... Um, like a soldier that goes into battle, even though he trained a million times before on the on the practice grounds, and um, even with live ammunition, as soon as you're in a real fight, firefight, everything goes crazy. Like the normal rules don't apply anymore. So that's the experience part. But um, still, why will he survive, the soldier? Because he learned how to cover, how to um shoot out of cover and stuff like that and that's what he has to learn from his mentor first so i think there's always two sides to this to this thing yeah, yeah you just don't want to do the mistakes that are not undoable but i think exactly most, yes. yeah most <laughs> of the things i think need to be experienced of course you can read about what warren buffett or tony robbins did or my richard branson but i think most people they need to do the work themselves, I think. Yeah, they, you, you still you have, definitely to need to have some. You need to develop some tactics that you can apply. Yeah. And yeah, that's a slippery slope. And I found it just an interesting because people always, um, always talk about um, those things. You don't need to. You need to learn from other people's mistakes. But I think it's not. It's not as clear uh, as that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just not possible. I mean, some mistakes you really have to make for yourself until you really get the lesson. Right. I'm not sure. Did I ask you what is the biggest thing that you personally learned when you started coaching other traders or mentoring them? Um, I don't think we talked about this one before. Uh, but hmm, interesting question. The biggest thing I learned from mentoring other people. Yeah. <laughs> Can be about trading, but also about yourself. Yeah. Some principle that you picked up. Oh man, it's definitely again about ego and about putting in the work. Because the people that I see succeed, they are always the ones that take my stuff and sit down in front of their charts alone and start testing it. They start journaling, they start backtesting, they put in the work, they do everything that is needed to be done. And they don't have any ego involved. They're not like the super baller traders. Uh, one guy, uh, he's now moving to Thailand with his family and two kids. And uh, this guy is uh, amazing. He put in tons of work with the stuff that I taught him. And uh, he's the first in the group that really going to go full time, right? With a family, which is amazing. And this guy, zero ego, put in the fucking work. And that's it. That's all that's needed. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I think that really, really stands out when I look at the uh, at the people that in our mentor group, 
Yes, you can clearly see the ones that put in the work. They have just the best um, results usually. Yeah. It's it's a very, very obvious correlation. When we tell them, uh, when we have our business planning uh, webinar special, um, the ones that turn in their business plan one or two weeks after, they're usually the ones that already have made the biggest progress and are going are likely to continuing it. So yeah, I think putting in the work is is like really divider between the people who make the big change mm -hmm. and those who, who never do anything. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting too that um, the, when you give somebody a strategy and then they just want to do it their own thing out of it, which is uh, which is really fascinating to see. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, <clears throat> he sent me some trades, and then I was like, "What is this?" And he said, "Oh, this is this setup." I was like, "What? I don't even recognize that." It's like, "Yeah, but this works best for me." And I backtested it over five thousand trades, like twenty pairs, twenty years of data each, and this works best for me. And I was like, "Okay, awesome, cool." <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, Let's shift the gears a bit, and um, since we are. We are going to start um, interviewing other traders and educators here on our YouTube channel, which I really look forward to. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, the first awesome. one is going to be yeah, the first one is going to be Akil uh, from Tier One Trading. I really look forward to this, yeah. and I put together a few questions that we can just test. So you are the <laughs> test subject to just okay. see how those are, and those are by the way they are all stolen and picked from other podcasts that I that I like. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I find them interesting. Um, if you could have dinner with um, any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Dead or alive? I don't know why, but the first person that comes to mind is Michael Jackson. I thought about him as well. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. Like the first person that immediately comes to my mind, Michael Jackson. I say, oh, okay. Yeah, it's so good as well. It's like teach me how to moonwalk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Michael Jackson for his, I mean, outstanding pop career, of course, and his um, incredible work ethic and everything, and also, of course... Have you watched the documentary? Yeah. Like, okay. I was a huge fan as a kid of yeah. Michael Jackson, and uh, pretty much saw everything about him, so... <laughs> yeah. And uh, hmm, who else? Maybe James Hetfield from Metallica? You know no, he was on Joe Rogan too, right? Yeah, really interesting dude. Really, yeah, really fascinating. Uh, love him. And um, who else? Maybe Ed Saikoda. Yeah. I think yeah, one of a, those borderline traders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's also one of those really weird dudes that just, they are maybe on the spectrum, I don't know. <laughs> but they're also really cool. And uh, obviously outstanding success. And he plays the banjo. So I think there would be a very interesting mix of dinner guests like Michael Jackson, James Hetfield, and Ed Saikoda. That would make for good conversations, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm not sure. I would like to, yeah, I think I would like to have Marty Schwartz, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, then I think... Um, I think somebody like uh, I think Drake would be really interesting to mm -hmm. to talk to. Just the uh, yeah, and somebody 
I think somebody from back in the days, from the, the Egyptian times, like a pharaoh, that would be really interesting. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Egypt, Egyptology stuff, okay. about Egyptian history. I don't know why, but yeah, that's really fascinating. That would be quite interesting. Okay. That reminds me of a <clears throat> documentary I saw. <clears throat> Sorry. About the... Uh... They, they took a guy out of the jungle from one of those tribes that never like was with um, in contact with civilization and they put him into New York and let him walk around there for a day and after the day they asked him like <clears throat> what do you think is the most outstanding thing that you saw today and he said like uh, the women they have really big boobs and beautiful clothes so, <laughs> That's what happens when you when you take a guy, two thousand years, like fire him into the present. Right. Two thousand years time travel is like oh, women got big boobs, awesome. So men haven't developed that much, I guess. Then. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. What is uh, an an unusual habit or an up, absurd thing about what you like to do, or some weird interest? Is there anything? Mm. An absurd thing I like to weird thing I like to do. I don't know. I like to smoke the pipe, which is pretty unusual for someone my age. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's nothing better than some vanilla tobacco at the end of a long day. Um, besides that, I don't have any super unusual habits. I mean, I'm quite a quite a normal guy, I think, in the end. No. No. We should probably ask the, the wives about that. Mm -hmm. Be too loud. Probably, yeah. Because you need to be very self-aware or self-reflected to think that what you're doing is weird. Yeah. Yeah, in comparison to other people, it becomes obvious often, I think. Yeah. Because I'm not self-aware at all. I mean, my, my friends, my girlfriend also often say, what the hell did you just say? You're such a weirdo, but I'm just like, hmm, what? Why? What happened? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah. What for you? I mean, when I look at you from the outside, I also would say you don't have any super weird habits. No. I mean, we are both a bit autistic. Generally weird, so there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> One thing for the last 18 months or so, I'm only wearing black t-shirts, which is freaking my wife out of it. Oh, I didn't not... realize that. Okay. Yeah, I only have black shirts. No, it's just started and then it kept going. <laughs> but yeah, okay. other than that, I think, yeah, we are quite normal. I just, yeah, I'm more of a of an introvert, I would say, but I don't think that's necessarily weird. Yeah. <clears throat> I think many traders have that. In the end, you need to sit in front of your charts most of the day. Yeah. So it does help sure. a lot, actually. It's very rare that you actually see those. Um, yeah, there are a few very extroverted people that are trading, but I think in general, the introvert mentality, I think, suits trading better. Mm -hmm. I guess you sure. also have less of an ego issue than when you are not not that, not that outgoing. Huh? Mm -hmm. You don't need all the flashy stuff. You just want to sit in front of your charts, have a good time. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for today's podcast.
Mm-hmm. Is there any? Oh, one thing. Um, you're reading the Market Mind Games, right? The book. Yep. Is there anything new and cool that you picked up from it? <clears throat> well, it's mostly the connection that she makes between. I mean, I like to call it the Matrix, maybe, or also what Van Tarp calls trading beyond the Matrix. Super interesting. Where he, Van Tarp had this one trader. I love the story. Always fascinates me that. Um, a woman that had some spas and she sold the spas to become a full-time trader and when she meditates for two hours or so which she does before every trading session she sometimes makes up to i don't know what was it 70 80 r in one trading session because she's just so in tune with the markets and herself and that's also what denise shawl uh, is talking about in market mind games like this connection between where you really feel that your emotions and your knowledge both come together and form this union of, okay, I just look at this and I know what's going to happen, which sounds weird, but I mean, I'm, I'm trading the one minute charts, for example, and I get a lot of trades in a day, uh, maybe up to 50 on some days when it's very busy. And uh, I get an, I get quite a high win rate with those trades and the trades that don't typically work out are usually the ones where I don't feel comfortable before I even get in, um, but they still look technically okay. So that's this really weird combination that I still have to work through. And I think the book helps a lot with that. Um, but I'm only halfway through now, and there's just so much to think about. It's it's a pretty amazing book. Yeah. So again, there's uh, Denny's... Shall S H U L L right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Market mind games. Yeah. And so I think cool. what um, many traders never get into this zone because I think we talked about this last week where uh, we said that you need to work undistracted and without any open. That's how you really get into the zone. Um, most people don't get there because they're all over the place. And there was like there were two or three comments from people who said, "Wow, I." I I listened to this section, then I had to rewind like two or three times because I was doing other things at the same time. And I think <laughs> this is this really, really well describes it. You need to just be focused when you trade. Well, in general, mm-hmm. when you do one thing, just do one thing um, and don't, um, yeah, don't, don't spread your focus too thin. You will mm-hmm. notice, you will notice so many different things when you really are focused on, on trading or on charts or, or journaling instead of having a podcast running and uh, other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're like the one-man chart trader, you can see the market breathe, which is insane. I mean, you can really feel when it's going to turn. And that's just from how fast it's moving to how quickly it gets pushed down and so on. So you need to be really in the zone. But then you can nail those entries left, right, and center. When you get distracted for just a bit, it can really destroy your mojo completely. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like a chain reaction where one thing yeah. goes wrong and then you're just upset and then, yeah. yeah. So this is really something that people should implement in their trading or in their work in general. Just don't distract yourself. Really focus on one thing at a time. I think that's that's really, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, tomorrow it's just two more questions, which <laughs> are also from the pile of non-related questions, but let's try this. Um, what's your success habit? What's the one thing that makes you different 
from others and helped you maybe do things that others didn't do? Uh, <clears throat> getting up early, seriously, like it changed my whole life. When I was always feeling behind when I got up 8 a.m., 9 a.m., like, uh, okay, now I have to work for like six, seven hours, then the day is already gone. And um, then I worked all day and did nothing else. So I always feel, felt behind completely. Now when I get up 4.30, I know, okay, now I can power like a madman for seven, eight hours. Then it's 12 and I still have the other half of the day to do whatever I want, my creative project, whatever. So for me, really the, the getting up early and doing my morning routine where I manifest and meditate and really remind myself of why I'm doing this and so on. It really helps me to get into peak performance. And I never believed that was, okay, all those high performers, they all like to get up early, blah, blah. I can do this too when I'm getting up at eight. Why not? But it's just such a different feeling and that amazing feeling that you already put in three hours of work when others are just getting up. It gives you such a good feeling and a boost it's amazing so yeah, my biggest success habit is definitely getting up super early before everyone else and immediately get work and um, manifestation because um, okay I, I think about I want to do this in the future then the question is why don't I do it today so doing the things in the present that you want to do in the future is actually how you manifest the future into the present right super right. easy concept but people always like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this when this and that happens. No, you're going to do this thing today. That's it. Done. Right. So, we talked yeah. about this, I think, off the camera last week. Um, what would, what do you think your 50-year-old self would tell you your 30-year-old self today to do? What would <laughs> yeah. you want you to do? Yeah. I think that's an interesting <laughs> question. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, because it's when you, when you, early. When you yeah. think about it now, what would your 35-year-old self tell your 18-year-old self? I think it becomes really clear. Um, and I think it's a good a thought exercise to do, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of regrets. I think I did pretty well during my 20s. Um, but there are also some things I could obviously have optimized. <laughs> right. You never know. And I mean, the older you get, the higher the potential for regrets. That's the problem. Yeah, because, yeah. Opportunity costs are a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, by the way, I really disliked or dislike your your habit because now when I get up at 8 or 8.30, I know, okay, Moritz <laughs> has been hustling for three hours <laughs> and I'm just getting started. So, yeah, I can see that when you, when you get up early, you get so much done before midday. That's crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's insane, really. Like... I but can't the problem is you need to go it. to bed um, early as well. Uh, yeah, I usually go to bed 9, 10, 10-ish, right? And then yeah. if I don't get a lot of sleep that night, say only six hours, then I will do a 30-minute nap after I finish my work the next day to still get my seven hours right. of sleep. Yeah, but, and I sleep hours, yeah. but it's just so, so powerful. Right. Yeah. What is your favorite TV show? <laughs> of all times um let's let's say today and when you were when you're growing up when i was growing up my favorite tv show was saber rider <laughs> you know that yeah yeah. <laughs> saber rider was so cool 
Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. It was a yeah, an anime from Japan ah, with yeah. a guy riding on a techno horse through the space, and then they had a guy in a car, another girl in a like one guy in a jet, another girl on a horse, and they could go into Ramrod, which was a huge mech. And then they would form this team and just, yeah, it was so cool, man. <laughs> Best thing ever. I didn't miss one single episode. So good. Yeah. <laughs> My grandpa, he had to, uh, we were in the garden. He had to bring the TV. Back then it was a big CRT, right? Yeah. And uh, he had to bring the TV and hook it up to the car battery so I could watch that show. <laughs> big nerd back then already. And today... <clears throat> the best TV show, Sopranos. Yeah. Yeah, Sopranos is just... I mean, without Sopranos, no Breaking Bad. And um, because they basically they had the first anti antagonist in a TV show, mainstream TV show. It's a mafia boss, but he's also kind of relatable. And uh, Sopranos is just so, so good. You can rewatch it like 20 times and it's still fun and amazing and entertaining. And the scripts are so well written, and the actor is so good. Soprano. I never watched 100%. it, but you keep telling me. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. <laughs> right. What about you? Your when I was growing show? up, for sure, The Simpsons. Nothing even comes ah, close. Right. Simpsons was really good. Yeah. yeah every day, I uh, was watching it and had the cartoons and the comics and everything. Yeah. The good. Yeah. And today, I don't know. Um, I think Rick and Morty is really up there. <laughs> True. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> and it's something that you can watch a few times and always catch something new. So yeah. yeah, I think I would go with Rick and Morty today. Especially the last episode with the Snake Empire. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> oh my god. That's also, I had to watch it three times until yeah. I got half of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think this is uh, a good time to wrap this up. So yeah. thank you again for your time. And again, for everybody else, um, leave a comment under this video, wherever you're listening or watching to this, with any question for the next, uh, the next episode. And yeah, thank you, Moritz. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, ciao. Bye.